Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Private Parts. Still here with Sven. Uh, get ready because we get into more details. Here we go. You were drinking loads. I was drinking loads. We just... We, uh, and, and also, I was just so impressed with you. Like if two, three, this is like our friendship definitely started as that. And, and, you know, I was just so impressed, but I was like, I was always like, like in awe of you because you could, you would go out, you drink, you would chat to girls. You had this air of confidence I just never seen before. And that's never really left. And that was so amazing about it. But you then started to really not like doing main Chelsea and you left. And why did you leave it? Um, it just felt inauthentic to me. And I think, you know, I was on it for a very long time. So my character had turned, you know, well and truly dark from from, <laughs> from being the kind of like lovable one with, you know, oh, who am I going to date? Is it going to be, you know, Funder or Kagi? Oh, like what a, what a you know, and, and, and it was all kind of real for me. Like, like at Ooh. the beginning, I was dating Funder. I fancied Kagi. It was a problem. Like, like mm. that was a real life problem that I was having to navigate, like in the show. Most people wouldn't share that though, but you were happy to share all that. Yeah, but I wanted the show to be as successful as it could yeah. be. I wanted the show to be real. I wanted, it, like, it was a reality television show. Like, I didn't want to be told what to feel and what to say, right? Which kind of is the case now, I feel. And it's sort of, you know, I wanted... I remember Thunder thinking I was crazy. Like when I told her, like, she was like, I literally thought this was for the show. And I was like, it is for the show, but it's real. And we broke up that very second. She was like, right, well, this is over then. And I was like, um, all right. Like, like, like she thought it was a storyline. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She thought it was a storyline. So, and she was great, by the way. Like she was an ex, she, she was the most amazing girlfriend. Yeah. Like, I, I was just You're young, young and confused. confused. And yeah, yeah, so, but it was and real. drinking and, a lot. Like, yeah, that's yeah. never a good combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I just felt that, um, yeah, I just, I, I wanted, I wanted the show to be authentic. I wanted it to be real. I wanted the problems that people were facing on the show to be real. I wanted the reactions to be real, you know, so that people could really buy into it. And I guess over time, um, they felt manipulated to me. And, you know, our example, our, our massive fight was, was an example of that. Mm. Like I felt like that situation was, and we don't need to go into it in great detail, but I felt like that situation was a little bit manipulated. Mm. You can listen to that on Spencer's Public Fish. We talk mm. about it on that. Okay. All these things happen, right? You, look, we don't need to go into it, but we know, you know, you go and do the jungle that doesn't work out well. Lots of things that you're just, your life is not heading in the right direction. You're, you're, and I remember you, you like talking to me. You had like 500 pounds in your account and you're, you're in pretty bad state. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're, you're drunk. You're drinking a lot. Mm. Um, when is the turning point where you suddenly go, do you know what? Fuck this. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to give it all up. Cause that's hard. Cause that's changing your whole life. Eight years, nine years, 10 years. Yeah. I guess because, you know, my family has got means. I never felt any pressure 
I suppose, to go out and make my own life, right? So like, I always knew that there would be food on the table and I always knew there'd be a roof over my head. Um, but those feelings began to make me feel like a real loser, right? When I was watching my dad and what he was building and my brother and what he was building. And I was, you know, pissed a lot of the time, just not really thinking about my next move, not really understanding how to generate wealth, not really understanding how to put myself in a, in a proper presentable position in which to succeed. Um, and, I, and, and it began to grate at me that, and Vogue was a massive catalyst for, for my sobriety, right? Because she is like you, right? She's one of the most hardworking people you can imagine. She has zero time, zero time to sit down and read her book. You know, nothing, zero. She is the best mother. She is so busy and just clear-minded. She doesn't drink very much. That made me realize that my drinking habits and patterns were unusual because I thought she was unusual, right? Like we'd be sitting, sitting there and I'd drain a bottle of wine watching a film with her and she'd not have any. And I'd just be like, it's a bit awkward, you know, like type of thing. Um, and you're and, not even that drunk by that point. You're just like, well, just getting warmed up. <laughs> yeah. And, and she, uh, and she would, uh, and she would say like, you know, do you feel like you need to be drinking or like, you know, I'd have a whiskey like at home kind of just with her, like on my own. And she'd just be like, like, wouldn't you drink like when you're out having fun? And I was like, it's just, you know, it's just one drink. It's just one drink or like whatever. And so I, I began to feel like, oh God, maybe, maybe I drink too much. And like she was, her career was kind of just beginning to move in, in real ways. And she was starting to, to, to kind of properly grow. And I felt like I might get left behind. And she was pregnant as well. And I felt that I didn't want my kid to be born into a world where, her, where his father was a bit of a loser and mummy was doing everything. And that was a big thing for me. I was just like, I, I need to change that. Um, Do you go to therapy to help that? I did speak to like, I'm, I'm not a huge therapy person. Like, like I have had therapy. Um, I often find that I can hit a bit of a plateau if I'm not challenged by someone. Like, you know, like I get comfortable in therapy quite quickly mm. because like, I don't mind saying that I, I kind of know how to navigate this. Like I tell the truth, but like, I kind of know how the how to steer the conversation i suppose so i didn't really feel that therapy was that challenging the best therapy i ever had was when i started going sober and i went to see chip summers and he sat opposite me again this is in, in big fish so apologies if there's some crossover but he he looked at me and he literally went when was the last time you had a drink and i said last yesterday and i purposefully had not drank that day because i wanted to arrive at this stupid meeting mm. sober uh, and he said you absolutely reek of whiskey he said, like, when, when the next client comes in, I'm going to have to tell them that I haven't been drinking. That's how bad you smell of whiskey. And I just said, well, you know, I'm not sure if that's true. And he was like, it's true. He's like, you need to take a good look at yourself. He's like, you are a mess, honestly. He's like, I know you don't particularly want to be here, but if you're wondering why you're not where you need to be, that's why. You're a fucking mess. And I was just like, wow. I was like, okay. So that kind of hit home. And I, I walked out of that and I was like, shit, maybe I'll go for a fucking drink, just, you know, or maybe I won't, right? And we agreed, we had agreed and shaken upon being sober for one week, you know, and coming back to see him in a week, but not drinking for a week. And although I very nearly went for a drink straight away, I didn't, and I did that week. And it felt really good to be... Is that because it was a challenge? Yeah, 
Of course. Yeah. I love a challenge. You love a challenge. I love yeah. a challenge, but particularly by someone like him who didn't really believe in me and had called me a waster. So I was like, mm, I want to prove to him that I can be better. And like, he's great. I love him. He's not like, he's, he's not a traditional, he's not like, I don't know how to say it because I haven't had lots of therapy, but. He feels like not a traditional therapist who says, maybe it's your parents, maybe it's this, maybe it's yeah, that. Yeah. It's so straightforward facts. He's Boom. not, yeah, exactly. So Why I'm do you still think... unclear as to whether or not I was addicted to alcohol or whether I was just bored and had fallen into a That's bad what I habit. Think. What right? do you think so... it was? Do you think you just, I think it was just boredom. Yeah. I think, I think when I you think don't feel purpose, you're, yeah. you drink. I think boredom and a bad habit. Like now, you know, fortunately we're on the, completely the other side of it. And it's kind of, you know, like I have Clinko to build and develop, you know, big fish, you know, what we do together. Like mm. all of this stuff is exciting and interesting. And it's kind of like, I get up in the morning and I'm turbocharged. Like, you know, I have loads on my plate and it's interesting. And I have kids and I have a wonderful wife and it's kind of, there's almost too much to juggle, right? But, but, Whereas before there was nothing to juggle. But I want to know that. Okay, you you give it up. You you now been sober what three years, four years? I, again, I don't mean to be a dick. I, I don't really put a time on it. You it was, just don't it, want it to. Was, it, was about, it was about four four months before Theodore was born. Four or five months before Theodore was born. He's four, so yeah, four. And four a bit. years, whatever it is. Yeah, four and a half years, something like that. But my thing is this: what benefits? Then? I hate the. I hate the. Sorry, just to. Yeah. Because I should really know the answer to that, shouldn't I? No, but you like, shouldn't but, though. But, but like for me, if you've removed alcohol from your life as a, as an option, yeah. why count the days? Yeah, true. Right? So this is when I went to AA. Um. There was somebody in AA who'd been sober 18 years and he stood there and he's giving this really emotional speech, goes to AA three, four times a week, 18 years he's been sober. And, you know, he's telling me all about how, you know, he fears relapse and, you know, he has AA in this community and that's what keep, drives him to be sober. And I was like, but you've been sober for 18 years. Like live your life now. Like you're free of the shackles of, of, of alcoholism, in my opinion. And he just disagreed. For me, Looking at um, what your life can become with a better relationship with alcohol or being sober is far more rewarding than worrying about what your life could have been had you not made these changes, right? So it's kind of like, why dwell in the sorrow and the pity of kind of where you came from? Like, I can easily remind myself of those days where I didn't leave the sofa and just drank whiskey all day. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. When you gave up alcohol, what changes do you see in yourself? Or when you, when you had control over it, because some people, you, people don't want to give it up, but, but what benefits do you see from stopping drinking or limiting or having control over your alcohol intake? Well, outside of the physical benefits, which I'll come on to, you have more time in your day, right? So like the average person in the UK spends 252 hours hungover every year. Mm. So that's 252 hours. It's about 10 and a half days of not sleeping, but just like being hungover, like feeling ill, vomiting, being in bed, feeling sorry for themselves, you know, like 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 anxiety through the roof, hangxiety they call it now. God, come on, um, and uh, and you know, and it's kind of that like so. So firstly, you get those two hundred and fifty-two hours back, and that is you know ten and a half weeks of time. Right. So, so it kind of, it gives you the opportunity with a clear mind as well to use that time differently. And that's obviously if you go completely teetotal, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying yeah. everybody should be teetotal. That's, it's unrealistic. And, and also when certain people set themselves too big of, of a mountain to climb, that's problematic. A lot of people can't do that. And I, look, I, 
who knows? I may drink again. There's no, there's no guarantee, right, mm. that, that you'll be sober forever, even if you want to be. You know, this thing is, it can be hard to control. You know, at the moment, I find it really easy because mm. it's 2023 and it's a new year. We've got loads of stuff happening and I'm delighted and I'm madly in love with my life, my wife. And, and, and so it's easy for me at the moment, you know. What, what, uh, what physical and mental benefits do you think it has with, with stopping alcohol? Well, you have a clear mind all of the time. So like- you And know, you didn't you, have that so before? I never had a clear mind, ever. So because like I would drink every day, right? So even if I would drink small amounts every day, like say just for argument's sake, this wasn't the case, but just for argument's sake, say I had one beer every day. That beer clouds my judgment. And, and like, it doesn't necessarily make me do crazy things. It just changes the course of my day. For me, like having a beer is like tools down. Like I can't really have a beer and then go back to the office and and, func and function at the same level as before. Maybe a beer is a bad example, right? Call it two, three beers. Like two, three, I have two beers. You know, my, the rest of my day is going to be different. Something hits my desk that needs immediate attention. I'm going to give it attention tomorrow. Like I'm just, you know, and I'm just, ah, I'll brush it off. Maybe I'll have a few more beers. You know, so it's kind of like, and it was that kind of every day. So it's just very difficult to, to run a business. You know how difficult running a business is. It's like, how hard was it for you? So you, if, so if there's I, no if I way wanted you... to, by the way, like with the amount of stuff we have on our plates, mm -hmm. but you know, just specifically the amount of stuff I have on my plate, I could easily f work until 4am every single night. Yeah. Easily. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never ending. I've got that much stuff to be getting on with, right? So it's kind of like, that would be no problem. But of course, it'd be very detrimental to your physical and mental health, right? So you don't do it. But like, and I'm sure, by the way, sorry, millions of people or whoever's listening to this, you know, I'm we all have the same problems, right? Like yeah, everybody's no, I busy, that. I get it. But, but my point is I was probably operating at like 25% capacity. So you then go and set up Cleanco. And I remember I was pretty much with you the day that you decided to set it up. Yeah. And it's a, well, you describe it. You set up Cleanco. How hard is it to set up a business? What is it? Tell us about it. So Cleanco now is, is, is a non-alcoholic um, spirit kind of replacement or alternative. So we make alternatives to, to whiskey, gins, rum, um, vodka, tequila. Uh, uh, and essentially it's, you know, a one-for-one -one replacement for those alcoholic spirits. So you can have any cocktail you like, but have it clean, clean cocktails, right? So if you feel like a gin and tonic, you can have a clean gin and tonic. If you feel like a rum and coke, you can clean rum and coke, clean Cuba Libre, clean mojito, clean martini, clean whatever you want, right? So I wanted to make um, not drinking not necessarily cool. I mean, of course I want to make it cool, but am I cool enough to make it cool? I don't really mm -hmm. know. I want to make it accessible and easy to understand, right? So in the same way that like Heineken can just say Heineken zero and you understand what it is, we can't call our products gin, whiskey or anything. So we have to be, you know, smarter with it. So I think the clean words, we have clean G for gin, clean W for whiskey. Uh, you can't uh, use the alcoholic names. No, no, no. So, you can't, so we called it Clean Gin when we launched. Yeah, I remember. We, we got an almighty kind of slap on the wrist. Did you? Yeah, yeah. No, you're not allowed to because gin has to be 37.5% alcohol. It has to be, have a predominance of juniper, blah, blah, blah. Ah, uh, so you're so, basically white labeling it when you... It's like if it's, you wanted to release a bar of soap and say, hey, this is gin soap. You can't. You can't use the word gin. Who owns the word gin? I don't know. Like this, it's, it's protected by uh, like the gin guild. Yeah, something like that. A bunch of tosses, really. <laughs> But like, to be honest, you know, I, th I think in order to be in the gin guild, you need to be 85. How hard is it to run a business? It's difficult, but you know, like, you know, but I think it's, I think what, what drives, you know, good founders, I think is, is their enthusiasm for change, right? Like, I think we, 
It's exactly that. We want to change stuff. So we want to work at it. You know, this isn't the same as working a nine to five, which, you know, we've done as well, but th th this is, you know, the, the effort that you put in and the enthusiasm that you show is going to directly impact, you know, sales of your product in our case, and, and also, you know, the rate at which it grows. But, you know, you want to surround yourself with amazing people. You know, you have Ed, who was a huge help to you and Massive. remains to be a huge, huge. help. You know, I now have like Billy and Neil with whom I couldn't operate Clinko mm. without them, you know, and we've managed uh, to attract some, you know, incredible, you know, business personalities and names, you know, over the three years that we've been operational. How much have you guys raised, do you think, over the last few years? <laughs> we, we, we've, we've raised tens of millions of pounds. That's insane. Yeah, so we've raised... Your, your, your ability to raise money is, is exceptional, especially in a market like this. And anyone who's, who's listening, who's run business or raised money, it's really hard to do. You seem to find it not as hard as other people. I think it's, it's very challenging, but I have the benefit of, I think, being in the right place at the right time. You know, fortunately, yeah. um, you know, I think the idea for Cleanco is a good one, right? And I think lots of investors and entrepreneurs get it. Like, And making something that can be quite faffy and complicated, easy to understand, right? That tastes like gin. Cool. I'm going to use it in exactly the same way that I would use gin. And it'll taste the same, smell the same, feel the same, but there's no alcohol in it. Great. I can wrap my head around that quite easily, yeah. right? So... People, people like it because I think also, you know, alcohol, global alcohol sales are, are declining, albeit slightly. Non-alcoholic, you know, stuff is is massively, you know, erupting. Um, and the US is catching up now as well, which is fantastic. But, you know, I think also what makes, and this isn't to blow my own horn, but I think, you know, the founder is, is, is important, right? Like the reason people love Candy Kittens is largely to do with you and your nature and your totally. character. And... Yeah, as I say, you know, raising money. And by the way, we've had monumental failures raising money. You know, you you only hear the good stuff, obviously, because that's mm. what I like to share. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we, we've been turned down in the room, you know, many times, as yeah. I'm sure the founders for any business will tell you they have been. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You do all these challenges, right? So you've done Marathon de Saab. You've run that. You've started the business. You you did the Ice Marathon, which was the worst thing you've ever done. It was you, I, I, it was grotesque. It's the worst thing you said you've ever done. What was it? Minus what? Minus 36. <laughs> and you sleep on the ground to begin with and you're just cold. All honestly, the honestly, that thing is designed to break you. <laughs> uh, and it's and like, but, uh, so the Marathon de Sable is, is something that people might, what is the Marathon be, de Sable? might be more familiar with. That's like a 250 kilometer 
um, desert race through the through kind of southern through the southern Saharan desert, right? And it's um, in five stages, and typically there's about twelve hundred of you doing it. Uh, and you know, in my year it was the first time it had ever been done in October, which made it significantly hotter than it usually is. But the organizer of the event had been stung by COVID for the you know two years or whatever, and just want, like absolutely wanted to get it back on track. Um, it was the first time there was any death in it for a while. Uh, that was, uh, it was, it was, it was draining, but that was like- You ran 40 or 80 kilometers in the desert as a 40 degree heat with no music, nothing, just your breathing. That was, that was just day four. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. No, so, so I, I did realize as soon as I got there that kind of almost everybody had like AirPods or, or like whatever, <laughs> some kind of device to, cause of course these are like, these days vary from- 12 to 30 hours in oh some cases God. right for some people and yeah I, I had nothing i just had like a bandana oh and my god there were long old days but the ice ultra was like something so so the sahara thing you know most people fail because of their feet they don't blisters, look after their feet very well yeah so they get blisters and those blisters open up and become open wounds and then you realize you've got another 200 kilometers to go and that you just it's going to be impossible to get around um, I was very lucky. I just didn't get any blisters. It was unbelievable, actually. I don't think um, you're lucky. I just think, but the ice ultra is different because that you you had COVID. So I had COVID. Yeah, I didn't realize I had COVID. Obviously, or I wouldn't have gone. Um, but I, I, I'm one of these people that, that really hates being ill. You know, so even when I do feel a you bit think Ill, it's a weakness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even when I do feel ill, I, I just I brush it off as being <laughs> nonsense. You know, and I just get on with my day to day life. Um, and and I felt pretty bad, actually, pretty ropey the night before the ice ultra. Uh, in in Arctic Sweden, which is just so far north, um, and and, and we're kind of how cold is it? Very cold. Well, just no. At the at the hotel that we were at the night before we started, um, or the night before we were taken to the start point. Sorry, it was I don't know, like minus ten or something, minus fifteen. So it's quite cold. You wouldn't want to go out without a jacket. Let me tell you. Um, but like by the time we got north, north, we took some coach, you know, and I was kind of coughing and felt pretty ill, and you know, uh, we we got to this thing and they dumped us in this place when you get going and it's a self-sufficient race again it's 250 kilometers again it's five stages but it's very cold and like snow up to your knees and just just pretty pretty shit like you know like slow as well like in the mm. desert at least you know there were long stints where the ground was quite hard and you can run right you're in the desert it's hot so you just mm. just get on with it this is like you've got poles and these snowshoes i'd never worn snowshoes before they're shit to walk in. Like honestly, like you like try strap some snowshoes on and and just walk around the room, like and then try <laughs> doing that for two hundred and fifty kilometers. And it, it just it's kind of really rubbish. And and yes, yeah, so long story short, we we slept on the ground the night before. We were put in this tent. It was Baltic, like like the cold. It was gloves, beanie, face thing, big puffer jacket. Like like and it's still cold, still freezing because the ground is so cold. So it's just like you're just really uncomfortable. Like like hard ice, and you're sleeping on it. But well, I say sleeping, didn't sleep at all. Um, and then you're kind of picking stuff up in the morning, and you get going, poof, and it's, you're gone. And the first day is 62 kilometers. And I remember getting to the end of the first day, thinking like, I might go home. Like this, this is. But I was coughing up like you know huge amounts of phlegm and shit, and it was just rubbish. And also, in the marathon de sable, you're kind of, it's a community. You're with people. You're surrounded yeah. by people. You can have conversations with people. Cold you, separates. You don't. You, 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 that's you, why cold's so dangerous. You, you can take the. You can. You can. You know. You you can decelerate in the marathon de sable and just 
walk and march and chat to people. And, you know, it's kind of, it's a community thing. You know, I came 69th out of 880 people in the Marathon de Sable and I walked like a fair amount of it. Walking's the wrong word. I like marched like, mm. you know, at least half of it, right? So that's, to anyone who's doing the Marathon de Sable, don't feel like you have to run the whole thing. You will fuck your feet up. Mm. Um, so yeah, the ice ultra was just, I don't know, the, the, no community. Cause it's, you're on like this little paved path. So the people ahead of you are faster, the people behind you are slower. So you're on your own, basically. Oh my God. There's two and a half thousand meters of elevation in the first day. So you're just like climbing this mountain, like on your own. And like, I was just thinking like, if I twist my leg and break my leg, I'm going to die here. Like, you know, <laughs> um, uh, again, no carrot. And um, all, your, all your snacks are frozen. So like the water on your chest freezes as well. So like you put, you put boiling water to drink on the two things in your chest. And when you've been outside for about 20 minutes, it'll be frozen and it's on your body. So how do you unfreeze it? So you have to, you have to constantly kind of press them. You have to constantly be like moving the water around, but like it freezes. Like you get to a place where you're really thirsty and you go for a drink, it's frozen. Low. Oh my God, that yeah, mental. Yeah. I took my glove off at the top of the first mountain <laughs> to take a selfie, which I have somewhere. I'll see if I can send it to you. <laughs> yeah, send it to us. And my hand didn't recover. For, for the entire day so it was just like i honestly thought i might lose my hands like you know when you get that throbbing yeah it's like violent that. pain it's it that cold awful I, my hand was out for like 10 seconds oh my. then there was a that when we were going up into like you know what would be perceived to be proper altitude um there was a person stood at the bottom of the thing and they were like if you need to go to the bathroom you go now because you can't like you can't pull your trousers down up there uh, why not? Because, uh, you know, your, your penis will be frostbitten. And, you know, like, and so, so they, they literally, they said, any skin that's exposed up there will get, you You will lose. Like it'll it'll scab over. You might not get frostbite, but you will, you will blister your face. So, you know, make sure that there's not any skin showing anywhere. You know, ski mask on, goggles, hood, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Just go up and down, right? And they, they said, no, you'll be up there for eight hours. Uh, eight hours of marching up, 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 up. And then it's just flat, plateau, plateau, plateau. And it's just like, with COVID. So anyway, it got to the end of that day. And like, you just assume that there will be a lovely heated place to say, absolutely not. Like log cabin, but freezing log cabin. Like you can barely take your clothes off to eat. Like you couldn't really eat. Your hands are so oh cold. My God. Yeah, no, it sucked. A lot of people pulled out on the on the first day. A lot of people didn't make it to the end of the first day. And then I, I asked the doctor to come and just check because I, I could barely breathe at the time. And, and they uh, said you had COVID. No, they said that, you know, you have some infection and blah, blah, blah. So they gave me some, um, they didn't test me for COVID. Um, and they gave me, because I think they know that if you test positive, then it's the end Whatever of the rest, it is, and it yeah. will bother everyone. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, so they're yeah, kind yeah. of they're kind of at the stage brushing it under the rug, I suppose. And then, um, and then I had um, some antibiotics, did the second day. That was pretty painful as well and got to the end of the second day and they tested me for covid and it just flagged up as covid bam and they were like your race is over and i was like, oh, oh no oh no <laughs> yeah, i have to go home <laughs> and they were like and they were like um what do they say i was like can i have a separate start time because you had done i'd done sorry i'd done three days you done three I'd days done the first three days and there was like two days left and i was just like i can do this now i could easily do it you've done all the elevations so it's just flat for the last two days i felt like shit but i could have done you, it you always say to me if someone paid me i'll never do that again but yeah. do you know what's interesting okay so you do all these challenges and the thing that i'm most excited for you this year I just can't wait. I honestly can't wait. A lot of people 
may or may not know this is Spen's brother Mike Michael died um descending Everest in 2001 no 99 99 99 yeah. coming down from the summit he was the youngest Brit to reach the summit at the time uh you make a documentary with Disney plus I'm honestly so excited I, I haven't seen it I haven't I don't know anything well if you're well behaved you can come to the screening okay what before we what gives you what scares you what gives you um joy in life and what what do you want to be like remembered for Crikey. quite cheesy um, little things right there but anyway what what, what are you um, frightened of what frightens me i would have always said failure but i i'm I, I don't think that now i think that failure is a really essential part of growth i think you learn the most out of failure um and i think it's absolutely fine to fail i think it's far better to pursue you know massive dreams and fail mm. than to achieve you know ordinary things mm -hmm. in my opinion um so I don't know what frightens me. I, I mean, you know, I think I think I want I want my you know I I want I want my kids to be well brought up. It's difficult to to, to do that. Your great parents, your great parents. No, I know, but you know, you want to just give your kids stuff. You want you want them to be happy, and I, I feel, and I'm not trying to be self righteous here, but you know, I've done plenty of work with like the Michael Matthews Foundation in Africa, and and you know, we look after about five thousand kids. Um, and put them through school and stuff. And those kids are just so happy. They're so happy, like all of the time. There's, n there's no misery, like of any kind. And it's unbelievable. And they have nothing, like nothing. And I think it's like, it's amazing to see. And then like our kids can be really like whingy if they don't get what they want. And, and it's kind of very difficult to find a balance, I feel anyway. Maybe I'm not the world's greatest parent, but like I find it hard sometimes to say no to my kids because I want them to have the things that they want, but I don't want them to grow up spoiled, right? So it's kind of like, that worries me, I guess. Mm. Um, I'm not kind of frightened of stuff like per se. Like, do you know what I mean? Like nothing really, I don't feel phased by by anything really. Like I don't like- And if you and if you died tomorrow, what would you want people to, to go, oh yeah, him? The film, I suppose, that nobody's seen. <laughs> Uh, but no, I suppose, you know, I, I think, I think the film is, 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 you know, it's not, it's not work, right? This is something that we were going to do anyway. And, you know, we happened, we documented it with, with Disney, I suppose, you know, because it's a cool story and, and, you know, I, 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 I want my brother to have a legacy, right? Because mm. my brother was incredibly brave and he was very young and, you know, having been to the mountain, some of the things he must have gone through would have Jesus. been horrific at his age and I want people to understand who he was, right? That's why I was okay to document it, but I wanted to recover him anyway. Um, so that, I suppose, I think that's the greatest thing we've done. Done. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, hey, Puggy, thanks for coming on. Loved it. Bro. Did you enjoy this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great, great, wasn't it? It's funny, like being interviewed. It's harder. I don't do it that often. It's hard. It's hard yeah, to be yeah. interviewed because you're the interviewer. So when yeah. you get interviewed, it's like flips around. It's nice though. You're very good at it. All right, everybody. Listen, we love you. We'll see you next week for another episode. Hey, and listen, any other things that you want to think of, go and check out Spen's page. You're posting all this content about being sober and life and all that. It's freaking great to keep doing that stuff. That's amazing. Thank you, dude.
Alright, everyone. See you later. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.